Welcome to the Happy Being Well podcast, where we talk about strategies and insights so you can live happy being well with your host, Rita Perugia. This podcast is presented by happybeingwell.com, your online store providing the best in all natural wellness products, such as natural essential oils, all natural bath products, all natural facial masks, all natural deodorants, irresistible leggings, crystals, including crystal home decor and kitchen items, herbal teas, natural sleep aids, and so much more natural wellness goodies at happybeingwell.com. Free shipping on any order within the USA at happybeingwell.com. Now enjoy the show. Hi guys, welcome to the Happy Being Well podcast. I have a super exciting guest today. Uh, She's talking about something that is like we all can relate to and we've all experienced. And you know what? It's going to become more and more challenging as, you know, now that AI has come into our lives and work is very demanding. Our lives are just getting busier and busier. And so Dr. Aditi Narukar, hopefully I said that right. She'll she'll correct if I didn't say it right, is a Harvard physician, nationally recognized stress expert and author of The Five Resets, Rewire Your Brain and Body for Less Stress and More Resilience. She's also an in-demand multimedia personality, high-profile medical correspondent, internationally renowned Fortune 50 speaker and podcaster. She's a podcaster of a very popular and influential podcast, which she'll share with you through the interview, uniquely fulfilling her original career ambition to be a journalist. Aditi has been featured in the Wall Street, Wall Street Journal, the Washington Post, and many, many more, you know, media outlets. Okay. So, and, um, and also her book, she's gotten amazing reviews from Katie Couric Bobby Brown, and Arita Huffington. So welcome, Dr. Aditi Narukar. Did I say it right? Thank you so much. You sure did. Thank (laughs) you so much for having me. I I am. Thank you for being here. I'm I'm honored to interview you today. And this topic is something that, you know, we all battle with, including myself at times. And it's just so, so, so easy to, you know, we react to stress. And sometimes we're not aware of our behavior, you know, when we have those stressful moments, especially when it's ongoing, like if you, if you, for example, if you work in a toxic workplace, you know, that's really demanding and everyone's just kind of used to working with toxic habits, it's kind of become a part of the culture. And then you take it home or you develop these cope, negative coping mechanisms. So And then there's people who are aware of what they're doing, but that they don't change it. (laughs) So it's like this really, it's just, it's like, it's a topic that has plagued us, you know, for so many decades, you know, we've seen, I'm a millennial, so I've seen my, you know, baby boomers. um, It was very, very popularized or people just kind of used drink, like drinking was very popular, like heavy drinking was very popular, I would say amongst baby boomers, you know? Um, to deal with like the demands of work and family life and blah, blah, blah. Right. So what do you, how are you tackling this in your book? Like what's the first step and how do you address those two challenges? The one that people who are not aware and the people who are aware, but not, you know, doing the action to really, really implement and to, to kind of rewire their brain for sustainable results. 
So the five resets, it's based on five small but mighty mindset shifts that help to rewire your brain and your body. And then in the five resets, there are about 15 science-backed strategies. And, you know, there are a few people who may very well recognize that they have stress and burnout, but the overwhelming majority don't really know. And that's because burnout and stress are pervasive. In fact, if you feel, if you're listening and you feel a sense of like, could this be me? Could I be having stress and burnout? You are more likely to be the rule rather than the exception because studies show that 70% of people across industries have at least one feature of burnout. The other reason why it's especially difficult to figure out if it's you with burnout or not is simply because burnout is becoming more and more difficult to identify within yourself and others. You know, when you think of the classic definition of chronic stress or burnout, you think of someone who may be apathetic or bored, low energy, easy to fatigue, just not very productive. However, in recent years, there have been studies that have shown that the picture of burnout and what it looks like is changing. Those were considered the clinical classic features of burnout. And now we're seeing the atypical features of burnout. In one study, 60% of people with burnout, their main feature was an inability to disconnect from work. So you may actually be experiencing chronic stress and burnout, not know it because you're not looking like that typical quote unquote picture of burnout. And you may have atypical symptoms, which are even more common. So I would say if you are feeling this way, you are not alone in a room of 30 people, 21 people have stress or burnout, and it's certainly not your fault. Mm, that's uh, you know what yeah burnout for sure I I just recently learned kind of about burnout I really I like maybe a few years ago when I was working in corporate I I would hear about it I just kind of learned some people would say oh I had burnout from you know my prior employer and then I came you know and I would hear it but I just never really knew what it what it really was and I was like burnout I'm like what does that mean like did you like like, were you sleeping all the time? Like, you know, like I myself, you know, it's not, I had no idea. And this was just recent. This is probably like a few years ago. Um, exactly what that meant, because you're absolutely right. We just like, our culture promotes this go, go, go. And, you know, like hustle culture and like, you know, we get pride from like what are, we accomplish and we're just, I would say we hold a lot of value and significance towards our careers in our culture. So we just are naturally inclined to push, 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 and kind of not really think about any of the symptoms that go along with over, you know, pushing yourself and multitasking and um, sleeping less. You know, it's kind of like people were, it's like a trophy. Oh, I only. I only slept for three hours, you know, and look how much I've gotten done. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it, so I, I would say a lot of it is our culture. So let's talk about burnout. So how does one recognize if they're burnt out? Because that was something that I didn't even really knew was a real thing until a few years ago. So burnout, because it's so different in every single person, you have to think about your baseline. What are you usually like? And are you having any of the symptoms of classic burnout? And then also, you know, the classic typical symptoms and then the atypical symptoms, which we've already talked about. The reason burnout is so prevalent and it's probably on your radar, as you say now more than ever, is because most of us have undergone for the past four years or so, probably since 2020, have undergone a sense of chronic stress. 
And over time, chronic stress leads to burnout because there's like a direct path. Your brain and your body are really well equipped to manage short-term acute stress. It's how your brain and body were designed. But over time, especially now in 2024, think back to the past four years, we've lived through a pandemic individually and collectively faced a lot of trauma. There have been climate disasters around the world, other, you know, uh, humanitarian disasters and catastrophes and wars and conflict and these, this bad news. It's like a cycle that just doesn't seem to end. And so your brain and your body don't get any respite, recovery or rest. So while your brain and your body are excellent and expert at managing short-term acute stress, when that becomes chronic without any abatement, when it just goes on and on and on the cycle of trauma, that is when burnout can set in. And so over time, what starts happening is that your stress response, so under normal circumstances, if you think back to like, I don't know, 2017, 2018, of course you were feeling a sense of stress, but more or less you were able to manage that stress and things really shifted in 2020 and ever since, because we just haven't had any moment to breathe. We don't even recover from one calamity and then it's on to the next. And that is why your brain is constantly hypervigilant. So your stress response is always on in the background. The part of your brain that is responsible for stress and in some cases burnout is called the amygdala, which is a fancy term, but it is simply an almond-shaped structure deep in your brain that governs your stress response or no, it's also known as the fight or flight response. And over time, if you keep having that fight or flight response activated without any rest, it kind of just starts depleting you over time. And then in turn, that can cause burnout. So the good news, I know I'm giving you all of these doom and gloom statistics, but the good news is that chronic stress and burnout are preventable and treatable they are completely reversible. It's about bringing in some very simple strategies into your daily life. It does not happen overnight. You have to work with your biology rather than against it. And you can reset your stress and burnout. It just takes, give yourself about eight weeks. It takes about eight weeks to create a new habit. Start small. A lot of the suggestions I offer in the five resets is, you know, like a short little walk or um, doing some deep breathing. There's lots of strategies I offer. All of those are free. That's also very important to me, like offering things that are free because I've had patients from all different. Hope you're enjoying so far the podcast episode with Dr. Aditi. I just wanted to make a quick little announcement. Part of being happy being well is we're happy to provide all natural products so you can live happy being well to engage in activities that calm your nervous system down and release stress, such as all natural candles for aromatherapy, meditation tools, such as burning sage, crystals, incense sticks. We also, there's also herbal teas to help you enhance the quality of your sleep. Um, there is products to put in your bath to help enhance your relaxation, to also help release stress, such as all natural bath bombs, essential oils. You can all find all of those great goodies at happybeingwell.com, free shipping in the USA on all orders. So simply go to happybeingwell.com, subscribe to their email newsletter, and you get 10% off your first purchase. 
So these are products that I use every day to calm my nervous system down, release, help to release stress, calm the body, ease the mind. And it helps you to, you know, increase your meditation practice because a part of meditation, getting into it is to calm our nervous system down so we can concentrate and just unwind and relax. So continue enjoying this episode with Dr. Aditi discussing her amazing book, The Five Resets. Different um, resource backgrounds. And so making sure that people have free access specifically because burnout and stress are so pervasive, it affects every single one of us. And um, so really the, the, you know, if you're feeling that sense of burnout, just understand that it's likely your brain and biology working exactly as they should. There is nothing right with you. It is simply what has been happening for the past four years. And it's showing up now in this way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I've, you know, I've also heard too, like, Due to, I guess you could say age, a lot of people have lived, I guess, a sustainable lifestyle with kind of overexerting themselves. But I guess because they're the youth, you know, they're so young, uh, they're able to sustain it just due to, you know, the youth, right? Young bones and, you know, a lot of energy. But continuing on as, you know, hitting into your 40s, your 50s, they start to actually, the, the physical symptoms can start to you know, present themselves, you know, so it is a real, a serious matter that we really, our culture really needs to increase awareness on and really address it to number one, prevent it. And number two, reverse that. Um, So I like how, you know, you mentioned it's like rewiring your brain because we're so, we get so wired into like, for example, I can speak with my experience when I was in corporate um, I dealt with it with a lot of coffee, uh, you know, living on drive throughs I wouldn't, you know, be coming home from work and I did, I'll just go to the drive through drive through right? Because it's like, I, I, you know, I was one of those people that went above and beyond in my career. I did it. I was my own initiative, right? So, it was just, so I overpushed myself. And so I would resort to these quick fixes um, to deal with the overexerting myself with like drive. So eating horrible foods that were quick and easy, the too much caffeine, um, you know, sleep disturbances. Cause like you go to sleep and I'm like, Oh my God, I'm thinking, I'm thinking tomorrow's meeting. Okay. What am I going to talk about? Da, 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 da. Like the brain's not shutting off because you're just always thinking about work. Um, and neglecting your personal life because you're just so excited about, you know, your next career milestone or whatever it is. I mean, you, you know, so I can totally like looking back, see what I was doing as a part of like a, just a wiring a natural, just from, from the covert conditioning, I guess we get from society, you know, we're just, we, we are, we get rewarded for our um, results, you know, starting from our university days and that translates over to career, you know what I mean? So how do you, start the rewiring process in terms of that mindset so that you don't get so addicted to those dopamine hits that you get through your work achievements that you go above and beyond, you know, where you're, you know, that leads to burnout. That's a great question. And I talk about this in the five resets. It's this idea of toxic resilience. So what you're describing 
it's a manifestation of hustle culture, right? Like you lived for decades in that hustle culture very deeply, focusing in the, in the corporate world and, you know, results-based achievements and kind of like the Energizer Bunny. If you think about the Energizer Bunny, that is hustle culture and a manifestation of hustle culture. Just keep going at all costs. Now, over the past several years, the word resilience has really changed. Prior to 2020, you would hear that word and you would just, you know, it was had a positive connotation. And over the past, I would say three to four years, it's developed a real sinister meaning. When I hear that word resilience, I bristle. And I'm sure you do too. You have a visceral reaction. You're like, oh, resilience. No, not resilience. And that is because hustle culture and our modern day society, that real true scientific definition of resilience has been morphed into toxic resilience. So what is toxic resilience? It is exactly what you're describing. Productivity at all costs, a mind over matter mindset, not honoring your human limitations and not having clear boundaries, an inability to say no. You have been given lots of prizes, not just you, I mean, all of us, we have all been given lots of prizes for being quote unquote resilient, tolerating a lot of discomfort and powering through anyway. This is all toxic resilience. True resilience, the scientific definition, is our innate biological ability to recover, adapt, and grow in the face of life's challenges. You need a little bit of stress for resilience to show itself, but not that much stress. And true resilience honors your human limitations understands boundary setting, celebrates your ability to say no, and most of all, leads with self-compassion. And so when you are in that toxic resilience mindset saying, oh, I'm resilient, I can't get burned out, or I'm resilient, there's no way I'm feeling stressed because I'm resilient, or your demanding boss says, oh, come on, you're not burnt out, take on this other deadline, go ahead and take this project, or you know, the parenting messages we get in society that, yeah, you could work and you should be able to work 40, 50, 60 hours a week and be able to be there for your kids as a primary caregiver and do it all. Of course you can because you're resilient. All of these are messages of toxic resilience and not true resilience. So how do you start that rewiring process to build true resilience and decrease your stress? There's many ways to do this, but the first step is that you have to name it to tame it. We talk a lot about this in clinical medicine. You know, when you go through a difficult experience like stress and burnout, or when you're finally recognizing like, wait a second, this whole resilience thing is a myth. I call it the great resilience myth that like, oh, resilient people don't get burned out. This data absolutely is unequivocally shows that yes, resilience is protective certainly, but it is not enough to prevent burnout. People are inherently resilient. It is your innate biological ability. It's the systems all around us that burn us out. Mm. Great, Re great answer. Love that. And um, you know, in the five resets, you uh, you offer them a mindset shift about stress and five bite-sized yet actionable resets to implement into our everyday lives. You know, powerful pillars of wisdom that bring together you know, both the physio physiological and psychological and coping skills, you know, like you kind of mentioned. Um, and, you know, also you mentioned that the way we perceive stress as bad is a myth, right? So can you touch upon that a little bit? Like, sure. 
So not all stress is created equal. There is healthy, good stress, and there is unhealthy, bad stress. In scientific terms, healthy stress is called adaptive stress. Unhealthy stress is maladaptive stress. When you and I and everyone in pop culture, when we say, oh, I'm so stressed out, what you're actually talking about is maladaptive stress. But healthy stress is important and everything good in your life is because of a little bit of healthy stress. So what does healthy stress look like in your everyday life? When you are rooting for your favorite sports team, that's a little bit of healthy stress. When you befriend someone new as an adult and strike up a friendship, that is healthy stress. When you are organizing a vacation or maybe buying a new car or new home or deciding which pair of jeans do I want to buy or which purse do I want to buy or which you know computer or laptop do I want to buy, all of these are forms of healthy stress. Unhealthy stress is it's very self-explanatory. We know exactly what unhealthy stress is. The goal is not to live a life with zero stress. In fact, it's biologically impossible. You need a little bit of healthy stress in your life. It's what drives your life forward. All of those examples I gave are some, but there's so, so many examples. Healthy stress gets you up out of bed in the morning, helps you become productive and get on with the day. But unfortunately, right now in time in 2024 and you know, probably last year and the year before, and maybe next year, most of us are not in that healthy stress category. We are in unhealthy stress mode. And the goal is not to live a life without stress. It's impossible. Instead, it is to live a life with healthy, manageable stress. And so it's about reining in that unhealthy stress, which could cause sleep disturbances, mood disturbances, fatigue, low energy, irritability, hypervigilance, and then, you know, anxiety, depression, insomnia. In addition, body, actual physical symptoms like neck pain, headaches, abdominal pain, joint pain, um, GI upset, dizziness, nausea. I mean, the list goes on and on because stress is not a one size fits all. But the goal is really to transform that unhealthy stress and bring it back into balance so that it can serve you in healthy ways rather than harm you. Mm, I love that. And also, like, you know, as you were talking, it just kind of triggered, you know, a thought that a lot of people kind of you know, assume like, you know, life should, we, somehow we've got this myth that I thought that a lot of people kind of, you know, assume like, you know, life should, we, somehow we've got this myth that like life should just be problem free. And, you know, and that's why a lot of people tend to uh, just complain and complain and complain. And like, you know, it's really difficult for them to deal with life's inconveniences and problems. And so I'm, as you're talking, I'm just thinking, you know, uh, people who, and I'm thinking of the, all the people that do live in reoccurring stress, it's kind of like a lot of has to do with like an, you know, just an ability to not make great decisions, you know, or, you know, in, in order to just like not change being in that, you know, reacting in a, that way or not changing your environment or certain situation that's bringing it on that where you're reacting to it or, you know what I mean? So it's like, and I get, and that's what your book addresses, you know, through creating awareness and teaching coping skills and all these things. But a lot of it, yeah, it's, I think people just get caught up in this, like, somehow we all have adopted, like, a, oh, life is just supposed to be problem-free. And, like, maybe we assume other people have problem-free lives from the Hollywood movies we watch or just based on what we see on social media or 
because a lot of people don't like to tend to share, you know, what's going on behind the scenes when they close the door and they go home. Or like a lot of people like to like to, you know to showcase their best selves. Um, so maybe that's part of the, you know, the type of illusionary thinking that we get that life is supposed to be this problem-free, perfect life, and then when something happens, we get so overwhelmed and stressed and we overreact. And not just focusing on, okay, this is life. And a part of building character is just learning how to come up with solutions and, you know, educate ourselves and reading books like yours, because this certainly wasn't emphasized in our schools, <laughs> you know, and um, a lot of our parents, I will, in my, I can speak for my generation, the, our my parents, baby boomers, weren't really well versed in these tools either. So it's not exactly they weren't really being passed down. Um, so yeah. Um, so you do offer the five resets in the book, which is the first reset is get clear on what matters most. And um, the second reset is find a find quiet in a noisy world. The third reset, sink your brain and your body. Can you touch upon that? What, how do you sync your brain and your body in the third reset? The third reset is all about understanding, tapping into, and then influencing your mind-body connection. So your mind-body connection is not a woo-woo concept. There are robust scientific studies to show that your brain and your body are constantly communicating to, with each other and are inextricably linked. What what you know, what's good for your body is good for your brain and vice versa. When you do better, you feel better. And that is the mind-body connection. The mind-body connection is like gravity. It's all around you. You might not call it that, but you have been experiencing the mind-body connection since you were a little kid. So for example, let's say you were embarrassed at something and then your cheeks flushed. That is the mind-body connection. Or more recently, you may have fallen in love and then you have those butterflies in your stomach. That is the mind-body connection. Or you're walking into a work meeting and you're about to give a big presentation and your heart is racing. That is the mind-body connection. And so you might not call it that, but that is what is happening in your body. You are having the physical manifestations of emotional thoughts and feelings. And so the key about the mind-body connection because it is like gravity. It is happening to us all around us at all times. The key is that you can not only understand it, because once you see it, you can't unsee it. The key is that you can actually influence your mind-body connection so that it can serve you better. And the way you can do that is using some of the scientific strategies in this third reset. So the first is just to kind of understand that, oh, I have this thing called the mind-body connection, which I wasn't really aware of because I, you know, I'm a medical doctor and Prior to my medical training, I didn't learn this stuff in medical training. It's not something they teach you. It's, I, you know, I learned it on my own because I was going through my own stress struggle and um, did my own research to learn about these things. Now, in medical school, they may, may mention the mind-body connection. It's something that is much more common, but 20 years ago, 25 years ago, it wasn't something that anyone talked about. And so the mind-body connection is what the third reset is all about. It's about how you can tap into it and harness its power to help you and heal your stress from the inside out. Okay, great. I love that. I love that. I think it does need to be discussed more in society, you know, how to sink your brain and body. Um, the fourth reset is come up for error. The fifth reset is bring your best self forward. So I love that, you know, and, um, and also I love the fact that you do address in your book that 
you know, you highlight why everyday attempts at like being resilient, like multitasking, sleeping less, undergoing huge lifestyle overhauls aren't beneficial to our stressed brains. Instead, you prescribe practical real world solutions for the modern day that are time efficient, cost free, and can be applied to anyone's life, including following the resilience rule of two, more than two changes at a time because doing more is unsustainable. Accepting that multitasking is a myth. Our brains are wired to do one thing at a time and adopting her your book end method, creating boundaries to honor our brain's need for compartmentalization. So I love the fact that you're addressing that, you know, that our brain, you know, multitasking is too overwhelming to us and can create more stress. So I love that you're bringing that out because I don't think a lot of, I mean, I don't really hear a lot of it in the personal development uh, community a lot about multitasking. It's, you know, so that's great that you're highlighting it and basically making us more aware, like, yeah, that's right. It's like, it is unsustainable. It does create more overwhelm and stress to our already stressed out brain. So I love that. Um, is there anything you want to add to that? No. You know, I talk a lot in the five resets about the importance of sleep. And if you're not getting sleep, because when you are feeling a sense of stress and burnout, sleep is often the first to go. It's a real tell that something may be going on. And so how do you reclaim your sleep, the deep therapeutic need that you have, your brain and your body have for rest and recovery? Um, I talk a lot about social media as well, because I am a product of 2024 and my brain and my body have been dealing with all of the onslaughts that everyone else's brains and bodies have been dealing with in terms of social media. And so we don't have the option of becoming digital monks. So how do you create digital boundaries? And it's about being an informed citizen. You don't want to you know, abstain from news or headlines. It's really important to be an informed citizen. I also work in the field of journalism. So journal, uh, so, you know, information is really important. It's about not sacrificing your mental health. So preserving your sanity and mental health, protecting your mental health so that you can continue being an informed citizen. And I give you lots of strategies and, you know, very practical tips for that. And then of course, all of the other things that you've mentioned, multitasking, productivity, creating a bookend method, um, you know, drinking too much caffeine. There are some things that most of us do all of the time as coping strategies. And it is, again, I think one of the key messages in the five resets, in addition to all of the scientific and practical stuff, is also to give yourself lots of grace and self-compassion. So if you do notice that you're drinking a lot of caffeine and you're having difficulty sleeping and you're like on this, you know, hamster wheel and constantly in that mode of too much stress, understand that that's okay, that it is normal for you to feel like that, and that it is not your fault. And with some small, simple strategies that you bring into your life, very small tweaks that you make into your everyday life, into your busy, overscheduled, perfectly imperfect life, you can make a change to your brain and body. You don't have to move to Bali for six months, though. I mean, wouldn't we all love that? <laughs> you don't have to spend, you know, a month in Paris on vacation. Again, a dream. You can do all of this work right in the messy middle of your life and reset your stress for good. Mm, I love that. I love that. I love that. 
Um, and I think what's most important is what you do in our day to day. And I think, you know, even if someone were to go to Bali for six months, they come back to their regular environment and they're not, you know, associating how to behave in a much more efficient way in that, you know, your everyday environment, you know, in North America, um, or wherever you are in the world. Um, so it's, it's, you know, cause we see that people go off maybe to Bali, maybe they do a retreat or something or whatever, maybe a personal development event. And you're there for, you know, a certain period of time, you come back and you just revert back to your regular programming. So reading books like yours, listening to podcasts like this, or listening to your podcast that you co-host with Eve Rod Rodsky, I forget what's the name of your podcast. The timeout podcast. The timeout podcast um, is really, really important. We need to feed our brain every day in order to really, really implement these changes. And so that we're doing it in our regular everyday environments to just, you know, immerse ourselves to really change, rewire our brain, like you say. So I highly recommend everybody to read Dr. Adita Narukar's book, The Five Resets. So where can people go to purchase your book, The Five Resets? The Five, the five, the five Resets is available anywhere books are sold. And I have a lot of vendors listed on my website. My website is five, number five, resets.com. You can check it out there. It is available here in the U.S. in all of the Commonwealth countries, so Canada, the U.K., Australia, New Zealand. It's available in most of the EU countries. It's now in India and will soon be in several other countries and translated into other languages. So it's currently in English. It will soon be in Chinese, Russian, Spanish, um, I believe, Latvian, Croatian, um, and a few others. So um, the five resets is available anywhere. And in addition, if you don't like to read books, but like to listen to books, as many, many people do, I have narrated the audiobook, which is also available. Oh, wonderful. Now. I love it when the author narrates the book. Me too. <laughs> me too. That was really important to me. Yeah, that's awesome, guys. So you heard it for her. You can get the audio version or the regular old school book version. I'm, you know, I'm sure it's available on Amazon, Barnes and Noble or any bookstore that you can get. Um, and where can people go to learn more about you? So you can check out fiveresets.com. I'm also all over social media at Dr. Aditi Narukar. So that's at D-R-A-D-I-T-I-N-E-R-U-R-K-A-R. Okay, perfect. So I will have all the links, guys, in the show notes. Um, there'll be a link to, I'll, I'll have the Amazon link to her book because everybody loves, you know, Amazon's a very popular uh, bookseller and the Barnes and Noble link as well. And, um, her social media, if you want to like follow Dr. Aditi on social media as well, I'll have her link there. So it'll be linkable. Um, so thank you so, so much for, you know, sharing your wonderful insights about your book, the five resets and you being on the happy being well podcast. Very, very honored that you shared your time and insights with us today. Thank you so much for having me. It was an absolute pleasure. Yeah, it was a pleasure having you on. So guys, if this is your first time listening, subscribe to the Happy Being Well podcast and go buy her book, The Five Resets by Dr. Aditi Narukar. Say it. You say Narukar. That's fine. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right, guys. Remember, live happy being well. 
And until next time. If you learned something new or were inspired to live happy being well, please be sure to subscribe to the Happy Being Well podcast so you don't miss an upcoming episode. Also, please feel free to leave a five-star review, including what you learned or what inspired you in today's episode. This podcast is presented by happybeingwell.com, your online store for natural wellness products so you can live happy being well. Order your next all-natural essential oil, all-natural face mask, all-natural bath soap, all-natural deodorant, herbal tea, crystals including crystal home decor and kitchen items, irresistible leggings, and much more at happybeingwell.com. Free shipping on all orders within the USA.